clanless. The Double Double Hotel and Casino was an unlikely place to incite revolution. It was merely a convenient target because Barrow worked there and knew how to get past security. While the city of John Loon shivered at the sudden onset of the coldest, wettest winter in decades, the bright lights and clamor of the gambling floor continued unabated at all hours, pouring money from high rollers and foreign tourists into the coffers of the No Peak clan. That would not be the case today. At ten minutes to noon, Barrow pushed a luggage cart with three suitcases across the casino floor and into an elevator. Three businessmen in the elevator were carrying on a heated conversation. The mountain is offering me a tribute rate that's 15% lower. The calls can't match that, grumbled a bald man in a blue suit. Yet they're still expecting me to compete with the foreign chain stores that are popping up like weeds because of the trade deals they've pushed on the country. His colleague grimaced. Would you rather pay tribute to Aitmata, though? Ait's a power-hungry murderer, but so what? They all are. She did what she had to do to keep the Mountain Clan in line, said the tanned third businessman. At least she puts Kekanee's interests first, and now that she's finally named an heir, I think... The elevator door, which had begun to close, opened again, and two foreigners stepped inside, taking up the remaining space next to Barrow's luggage cart. They were in plain clothes, but they didn't seem like tourists. The three businessmen stopped talking and eyed the strangers with polite suspicion. John Loon was crawling with foreign corporate and government agents these days. The elevator descended to the parking level and opened with a quiet ping. When all the other occupants had exited, Barrow rolled the luggage cart and its contents into the parking lot and looked at his watch. Green bones of the No Peak clan kept a close eye on the lucrative betting houses of Poor Man's Road, but there were only so many of them patrolling the district. Iten, the former fist who'd given Barrow his job at the Double Double, was not in today. After weeks of timing the security shifts, Barrow knew that at precisely noon, none of the clan's other jade warriors would be on the premises either. Of course, once the commotion started, they would arrive in short order, so speed was vital. A van pulled into the parking space next to Barrow. Tadino jumped out of the driver's seat. Otonio and Gurio got out of the rear. Barrow did not particularly like the three Orticons, with their foreign accents and ugly Egutanian clothes, especially Tadino, who had the sharp bark and narrow face of a rat terrier. Nevertheless, they were the only people Barrow had met who hated the Greenbone clans as much as he did, who wanted to see them come crashing down. Didn't get stopped or questioned at all, Tadino crowed. Even if they had been, there were no weapons or other suspicious items in the van. Barrow pulled the suitcases off the luggage cart and threw them open on the ground. Gurio, Otonio, and Tadino pulled out the contents. Gas masks, spray paint, crowbars, handguns, and tear gas grenades. When they were fully equipped, Barrow used his employee key to get them into the stairwell next to the elevators. 
At the top of the stairs, he unlocked the upper set of doors, letting them out into the carpeted hallway behind the casino's kitchen. Tadino grinned and pulled the gas mask over his face. Gurillo and Antonio clapped each other on the back and did the same, Gurillo struggling for a moment to stuff his long beard under the seal of the mask. They didn't glance back at Barrow as they rushed down the hall. Otonio rolled one of the tear gas canisters into the kitchen, and Tadino hurled another one onto the casino floor, where it began to hiss and spew its contents. Barrow flattened himself out of sight against the door of the stairwell as the shouting began, followed by sounds of coughing, gagging, and stampeding feet. A gunshot went off, and noise erupted in earnest. Cries of alarm above the toppling of dishes and furniture, the breaking of glass, the metallic banging of emergency exits, and the rapid whap of the casino's revolving doors as the patrons of the double-double fled choking from the premises, spilling in a panicked rush from the dim, warm comfort of their games tables onto the main strip of Poor Man's Road.